0: Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. So we are in part two of our series that we've called Made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I hope you know that. How many of you were here last week? Raise your hand if you were here last week. Right. I'm not trying to call you out if you weren't here last week. But I sort of just did. Um, Sorry about that. But why I wanted to know if you were here last week, because last week we talked about that God made you, that you are God made. Look at your neighbor right now and say, God made you. you. That's right. In the world that we live in, it promotes that we are self-made people. We are self-made people. And I just want you to know you are no more self-made than you are handmade, locally made, American made, right? Homemade. Rubbermaid, none of those things. Right, listen. He has made you in his image. He made you to reflect his nature. He made you with a promise and a purpose in mind. He even knew you before he made you. You think you know you. But I want to tell you something today. God knows you better than you know you. Sometimes you don't even know if you're going to be the person you like or the person you hate. Anybody ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're like, what? why am I acting the way I'm acting? Anyone ever... Anyone ever lose it on someone and then you immediately regret it? You know what I'm talking about? You don't know who you're going to be. Anybody ever go to a restaurant and order something off the menu that you just changed it up? You thought, I'm just going to change it up. And then you immediately regret it. And you're like, who just possessed me? I know what I like. But sometimes you just forget who you are. The person sitting next to you that you think knows you really well, they don't know you like God knows you. He knew you before you were born. Jeremiah 1.5, it says this. It says, I knew you before I formed you, before I made you in your mother's womb. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. This is the title verse of this series. For you created my inmost being, God. You created me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully. Everybody say it with me. Made. Verse 16, it says, your eyes saw my unformed body. You saw me before I was even formed. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before they even came to be. God knows you. He's been planning on you. God's been thinking about you. God's ordained a bunch of things for you. Do you understand that? And as we know, because God did that, he had a plan for us. He had an original plan for us. And that plan got disrupted. We read about it in the Bible. It got disrupted by a thing called sin. His original plans, I just want you to know, man, they did not include the worst things of your life. His plans, his original plans did not include the pit that you found yourself in, the pain that you had to walk through, the pills that you felt like you needed every day, the plan that you seemed, the plans that never seemed to come together, the person that continues to drag you through the mud, his plan was never that. Because remember something. we got to remember this. God is the giver of life. We are the livers of life. And there is an enemy who is the taker of life. And the enemy is who led humanity astray, got us all on the path of sin that leads to destruction. This is the story many of us know. We, have, we can't just blame it all on the enemy. We have responsibility too. Each and every one of us have fallen short. I get that. So God's original plan and path, it got disrupted, but his promise still remained. How many of know that's really good news, actually, that even though we got on a different path, his promise, in spite of the sin that has separated us from a holy God, his promise still remains. You're his child, you're his prized possession, you're blessed and highly favored. Anybody like that? He made you. So what did God do? We just got to think about this. What did he do about this? We got off the path, so what did he do? Well, I just want you to know he rerouted us back from the path we got on back to his original destination. I just want to know real quick. I'm about to to give you a little more context, but are you all following me right now? Are you all with me? God created. He made an original plan for you. The enemy got us off of that plan, and now we're on a different path, but God, everyone say but God, But God, in his goodness and in his love, his promise still remained for us. So God rerouted us from the wrong path back to his original path, away from the path of destruction to the path of his promise. Are you all with me? You following me? Have you guys ever been driving and the GPS is telling you where to go? You know what I'm talking about? You have a destination put in the GPS and you are following it to a T and then something comes up inside of you that possesses you to leave the original destination and to go and drive to that donut shop that you weren't supposed to go to. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You were possessed to leave the path you were destined for to go after something different. And what does Apple Maps start doing to you at that moment when you leave the intended destination? Starts chirping at you, right? Chirping at you. Hey. You turn, you turn, fast as you can. You turn, turn right at the next light, then turn left. Get back on the path that I set you on. You need to do this. You need to listen to me. But you know what? So patient, isn't she? She is just so patient with you. She's just like, oh, you missed a turn. Hey, let me tell you about the next turn. Let me tell you about the next turn you need to make. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You keep working against the intended destination while you're working against it because you have a new destination that is born of the flesh. Now, I'm not trying to pick on donuts today. (laughs) I mean, I don't mean to apply that donuts lead to destruction. We know they are more delightful than destructive when done in moderation. But nonetheless, my point is, in life, every one of us, as a result of sin, have gotten ourselves on a path that leads to destruction. But God, in his mercy and knowledge of us, because he knows us, and because he made us, he loves us, he's found us. On the path that we're on. He went and found us on the wrong path. And through Jesus, He rerouted us back to the original destination. Now, this is all through Jesus, right? Through Jesus, He's helped us get back off the path of destruction to lead us to the path of what He calls life. Now, this is the gospel good news. I just gave you a really quick picture of what your life was destined for, but through Jesus, What he returned you to. How many of you guys are thankful for that, right? You're thankful for the gospel. You're thankful for what God has done. And there's a verse in Philippians 1.6 that talks about this, that talks about his promise. It says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. This is a promise. And this actually takes us back to the idea that God created us. So we go back to Genesis that God created us in his image. Male and female, he looked at them, he said, hey, this is good, so this is the good work that he started, and he's going to complete it. So Philippians 1.6 is all about a promise. God is promising us something. He started a good work. He's going to complete it. So perhaps we can say it this way, and I want us to catch this line. I'm going to put it on the screen. All right, it's really simple. God pulls you in to who he originally made you to be. God pulls you in to who he originally made you to be. This statement... This statement comes from the belief that God is not done with you, right? And the fact that he's in the middle of making all things new in the world. This is the belief that he is not done. He's pulling us into something. He's restoring all that's been broken. God has a plan and a promise for our eternity. He's rerouting us, right? Essentially, this comes, this idea of promise, this idea that God's at work doing something, that God's pulling us into something, This comes from the theological doctrine of eschatology. Eschatology is the biblical study of what is to come. Eschatology is studying the Bible in order to understand the future. And one of the primary doctrinal understandings of eschatology is that God's future has a direct impact on the present, on the now. Meaning God is up to something in your life right now for the sake of the future. So he's going to complete something in the future, that he started in the past, and that he's working on in the present. I'm sure most of you thought as you were getting ready today, man, I sure hope Tim talks about my eschatological possibilities for my life. (laughs) Yes, you do need that. We're going to talk about your future. Everyone say eschatology. eschatology. You already sound smarter, right? You already sound smarter. Let's think of it this way. That was all set up. I just had to get us on the same page. Y'all ready? Got something today. Let's think of it this way. How many of you have a past? Raise your hand if you have a past. Come on, raise your hand if you have a past. There is, everybody in this room should be raising their hand. I'm about to get mad. I'm about to get... um, If you don't have a past, I need to know you. Because something just, something miraculous just happened. You just showed up without a past by the way, this marker, (laughs) the joy of the Lord. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't freak out on me. Listen, sometimes things smell funny. When they smell funny, you just got to, you know, take it in. Listen, um, I'm about to do what's called a sermon illustration. I don't know if you ever heard of that. The sermon experts called it a sermon illustration. I actually saw a sermon illustration sort of like the one I'm about to show you about 20-something years ago at a ministry conference. And it's been kind of ruminating in my heart for a long time. And it keeps evolving in my heart and in my mind. And it's, get, it's going to be a little crazy. So I just need you to follow me. Can you guys follow me? Yes. Okay, it's not that crazy, but it's a little crazy. I need a little help today. I do need a volunteer. Anybody willing to be my volunteer today? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I have not thought about this. I have not pre-planned this. I have not prayed about this. So I'm just going to pick whoever. Daryl. Daryl, get on up here. Daryl, get on up here. So once again, how many of you guys have a past? How many of you guys have a past? How many of you guys have a future? Raise your hand. And hope you, we all have a future, right? We all have a future, at least we hope to. Daryl, what's up, man? Man, I'm so thankful that you came up here in a, non, in a, in a very spontaneous, unplanned way. Yeah, Thank you for that, man. I need you to do some help for me, all right? So here's what we're going to do. Um. Daryl, I have the past and the future. We've got past over here, future over here. I'm gonna have you take this tape right here in just a minute. You don't have to do it second. I'm gonna give you all your instructions. Let me lead you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you tape these to those um, miraculously placed mic stands that I was not planning on, but I'm gonna have you tape past and future on those, all right? And then I also have over here, I have a rope and I have a chain. Um, do you know how to do magic? A little, bit. a little bit. A little bit? I mean, I was thinking if you did, we could maybe do like an escape act or something. That could be, I mean, we could change the message if you do. But anyway, no, I did, we'll just stay with what I got, all right? So um, I need you to tie a knot uh, to this mic stand. Okay. Do you know how to tie a knot? I do. Good. I knew you would. See, uh, Daryl, I know you don't do anything extra in life, so... <laughs> Just tie a simple knot. Okay. Okay. Don't show off today. All right. And then I need you to take this chain. And I need you to chain it to that that mic stand over there. All right. And I got a lock here, right? I got a lock. Uh, and you just lock that up there. And so you're gonna tape. You're gonna tie the rope. And you're gonna attach the chain. Got it. You got it? got it? I knew. I knew the Lord led me to the right man. So here's the deal. A lot of churches. A lot of churches have staffs and, and, and teams dedicated to props. OKC Community has duct tape and Daryl. Yep. I'll take it every time. I'll take it every time. All right. All right, Daryl, get, get to work, man. Uh, I'm gonna actually going to preach and be really serious while he does this. So don't pay attention to him too much. All right. Uh, but he's just doing it. Hey, Daryl, by the way, when you're done doing all that, you can just stand over there. Stand over there. I might need you in a few more minutes. And if you stand on stage, everybody will stare at you because you're so beautiful. And we don't need that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to sit into this for a minute, all right? Hey, past over there, okay? Past. Yeah, dude, you got it. You got it. We're going to sit in this for a minute. I know that for many of us, uh, the idea of all of us having a past, we all know we have a past, we all know we have a present, we all know we have a future, and I believe God will work through all those things for the reason that he made you, right? There is a promise at work in your life that the God who made you is pulling you into who he originally made you to be. We have to start with that premise today. And I know that many of us don't like to talk about our past, do we? At least not certain parts of it. I know for me, there's certain parts of my story that I don't want to talk about. I'd rather forget it. It's like what Paul says, I forget the things of the past straining on towards what is ahead, right? Like that is, that's good news for a lot of us in our past. But I also know for a lot of us, as much as we'd like to forget our past, we can't really forget our past because our present is so impacted by our past. Meaning the ramifications of our past are impacting our everyday life. So the idea of letting go of the past or moving on from the past, that's not easy to do. Some of us have failed in the past and we do anything to erase some of the past, but we can't, can we? We've made big, big mistakes. We've hurt people we love. we made bad choices. We also have a past, many of us, that's not even our fault. Some of us have experienced tremendous hardship in our past. It's affected who we are. Some of us have experienced abuse. Some of us have experienced serious pain through some sort of heart-wrenching loss. Sometimes these things happen to us, and we obviously know they affect us, but we can't fathom life as anything else other than what happened. You all know what I'm talking about? Your identity becomes what's been done to you or what you've done. And there are even some who live... And maybe you know this person who lived in the success of the past. So maybe the past is actually a good thing. It's the glory days. And all we try to do is get back to the glory days of high school or 2019 before inflation, right? Like whatever it is, we're just like, give me back to that. And I'm obviously not just talking about people who've done things they regret, which some of us have. I'm talking about people who do anything, who didn't do anything to deserve what happened to you. Meaning you didn't deserve for them to walk out on you. Can I sit on that? Like, for real, I want you to hear that today. You didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve the sickness or the abuse that you received. You didn't deserve that financial nightmare that got thrown on you. You didn't deserve the sickness. You didn't deserve, you deserve whatever happened. But for a lot of us, the past defines us. It's like someone, have you ever known someone that they just wear their past on their sleeve? You know, it's like they wear it every day, and it's, and it's always with them and on them, shaping them and defining them. For some of us, we'd do anything to get past our past, but our past keeps running into our present, and all we're worried about is it will become our future. So today I've titled the message, Let It Go. How you doing, Daryl? What do you think of that title, Let It Go? It's good. Does it make you, <laughs> you want to sing? A little bit, yeah, 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 let it go, right, let it go, anybody want to sing? No, 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 we're tired of that song, but listen, um, yeah, yeah, how are we doing? You just got that all in a knot, huh, I thought I called on the right man, but, I'm... okay, okay, good, that's right. so let it go, what do you think, uh, whenever you think of let it go, you think of it being cliche to say about your past, don't you, everybody does, just let it go, let it go. And I get it, um, it is a little cliche, but I'm going to give someone in the room, maybe a lot of someone's in the room, some truths and promises that you need so you can let go of the past, but not like you don't care about it or that it didn't happen or that you don't care about it in a way that you just want to move on. That's not what I'm talking about, not that kind of letting you go, but appropriately to let go of the things that are keeping you from moving forward into your future. I think that's good, bro. Just leave it like that. Get that thing hooked up. I'm good. I need to move. <laughs> I told you to be crazy. I told you to be crazy. So, some of us have a past that we wish we could get rid of, and that we wish that it would uh, not define us. And some of us have a hope and a future, and we don't know how we're going to get there. But. We're going back to this statement on the screen that God made you, and he wants to pull you into who he made you to be. In other words, he wants to complete the work that he started. That's going back to Philippians 1.6, right? That there is a promise that God has for you, that God is going to complete the good work that he started. So I want you to think about the word promise for just a minute, because I think this is, this is the key of what we need to get today. Let's say because we have to ask ourselves, what's a promise? Let's just say that you promise your friend that you're gonna meet them tomorrow night, Monday night at 6.30 p.m. And you choose a location. You say, hey, meet me tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. at Long John Silver's. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea why you chose it, but you chose it. And so you told your friend, I'm gonna be there at 6.30, let's eat some greasy fish sticks together, and you're gonna go for it. And here's the thing about it, like that promise in the future In the future at 6.30 p.m., that promise is going to pull you into that reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the work of eschatology, that there are promises about your future that pull you in, that pull you into something true, pull you into a reality that wasn't going to happen until the promise was made. Are Are you all feeling me now? Are you all with me now? God promises to finish what he started. And so for a lot of us, for a lot of us, when it comes to our past, The truth about our past is it can feel a little bit like a chain to our past, meaning it's something that we just don't feel like we can be free of. And here's the thing about it. Like, even though it happened and even though it's real, like, the idea of being free of anything is that the past shouldn't define us. The past shouldn't be the thing that determines our future. And so a lot of us, we're holding on to something that we feel chained to, and if we know Jesus, you know, the hope is that, that we could grab a hold of the thing that God is leading us to. And so we might, we might even have a hold of this, too, going, I'm clinging to his promises, though, too. But yet I'm chained to the past. And we find ourselves a little bit stuck in the middle, don't we? A little bit like, I don't know how I'm going to really get over this in order to move into that. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. Is that, Daryl? you can come back out now. Thanks, bro. Grab that rope right there. Grab that rope. So if I am chained to the past, but I'm going to believe in the promise, something happens. And I know this is a little bit of a mess, Daryl. But I want you to do something. Yeah. Here's the deal. When our past doesn't define us, but we say, okay, God, I'm going to surrender. Because God does something in the act of surrender in which we surrender things to him. We let things go. And we trust him for what he's going to do. And so when God starts pulling us, you can go ahead and pull me, God. Or pull me, I mean, Daryl. And as God starts to pull me, he starts to pull me into who he made me to be. Now, I know this is a simple illustration, but Daryl, by the way, did you know you just played the part of God? Good job, man. How you feel about that? How you feel about that? God made you for this moment. God made you for this moment. All right. I'm not done with the illustration, but I am done with you. So thank you for, thank you for, thank you for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the, just coming up here spontaneously. I didn't talk to him about it or nothing. All right, all right. So, if I'm going to pull God in, if God, I'm going to let God pull me into who I really am, we've got to understand that God will reroute us, God will revive us, God will restore us, all to fulfill his promise that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion. Early this year during one of our Monday night prayer gatherings, someone shared a very powerful vision that I believe was prophetic. I can't remember who shared this vision, so if it was you, um, praise God I'm going to use your words today and the picture the Lord gave you. But the vision shared a group of people, and they were standing, and they were holding on, They were holding on to some chains. Now, the interesting thing about this picture was that the chains had already been broken. The chains, the shackles had been loose, but they were still holding on to the chains. And they didn't believe that they could be free of them. Yet they were the ones holding on to it. And so there was this picture of saying, like, the chain has already been broken. Yet for a lot of us, we're still holding on to it. And I think in this picture, like, for a lot of us, it's like, Okay, especially once we come to know Jesus, there is this tension, right, that we create in which we have to experience not only the chain to our past, but the hope in our future. And when we hold one like the past and believe it's as powerful as the promise, we trade in the promise for a life stuck in the middle. And the thing about the chain, too, is it only goes so far, doesn't it? It limits you. Never, you can only get so close to your future. Chains are restricted. Or chains are designed to restrict and confine and imprison us. And ropes, by the way, they're designed to pull you up and to pull you out. In fact, a rope is an instrument of rescue, and a chain is an instrument of suffering. And what's interesting is, even though the chain will only go so far, the rope. will go all the way to the source of my pain, all the way into my past, all the way to the problem. It'll get there. And here's the cool thing about it is there's more than enough. Like, like there's never enough. Like we, he's going to go past our pain. He's going to go past the addiction. He's going to go past the thing we never think we're going to get over. The thing that we never think we can defeat. He's going to get past the thing that we feel, maybe I'll never, ever be more than that. Listen, you're not done. He's not finished with you. He's got more in store for you. He's more than enough. He keeps going. He's never going to end. His promise is true. He just keeps coming. And he pulls us out of the thing we never thought we could defeat. Is there anybody in this room that can te- give a testimony to that? Anybody in this room that could say, you know what? He got me. He got me, and he pulled me up. Mm. So this picture, this picture of this chain that we hold on to, that I got a Monday night prayer, that we hold on to this chain. Here's the thing about chains, right? I already told you they're an instrument of rescue. You know, chains, imagine drowning in a lake, (laughs) No one's going to throw you a chain. They're going to throw you a rope. And today, this is just a simple message to remind us of something. That the chain has already been broken. Amen. And your job is to let it go. Amen. He's already broke the chain. You've already been set free when you know Jesus. And so whatever you're holding on to in the past, it's already been broken. He's already set you free. And all you got to do is let go of the chain that you think is confining you in order so you can be pulled in to who God has made you to be. Are you all with me? Right? There's an amazing, there's an amazing story in Acts 12. In Acts 12 where, where we see God as the chain breaker. It says this, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, and he bound him with two chains. And sentries stood at the entrance, or stood to guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off of his wrists. I said, the chains <laughs> fell off of his wrists. That's good. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison. Listen, this is a real story of what happened to Peter. But this is more than just a story of what happened to Peter. This is a story that has deep, rich, spiritual meaning for your life. Because God, through his angels, by his spirit, by, or by the work of Jesus Christ, will break you free of the chains that are holding on to you. And I know that the chain message is like overdone. It's like cliche. It is the thing that we say about Jesus. But here's why. It's so powerful. It's so powerful because it's so real. It's so real. We allow chains to hold on to, hold on to us way longer than God ever intended. He wants to pull you into something. I want you to catch something about this story, right? Our job is to get up, to drop the chain, and to follow him out of prison. Did you catch that? That's what Peter did. The angel said to Peter, quick, get up. That's your job. Get up. I need a little more keys, man. Bring up the volume. I need need this. I need us to just catch this part of the story. Peter, get up. That's your job. The next job is to drop the chains. When he stood up, he was obedient to the first step that he was called to, and the chains fell off. Some of us just won't get up off the mat. We want the chain breaker, but we won't get up. We want to break the chains while we're still sitting down. He's called us to do stuff. He's called us to trust him, surrender to him, walk in him, get up, and the chains fell off. Then, in verse 9, Peter followed him out of prison. That's your job. To get up, drop the chains, follow him out of prison. Now, here's the thing I was a little nervous about in giving this message. is I don't want to sweep anybody's past under the rug. That's not the intent. I don't want to minimize the past. Rather, I want to elevate your future. God is pulling you into his promise. We aren't sweeping it under the rug. We are saying, Lord, we want to be swept up. By your power and your, pro- and your promise and your purpose. He wants to set people free. He always does. That's what he sets on. He wants to carry on the good work that he started all the way to completion. So catch this. We can't miss it today. In the story, in Acts 12, who broke the chains? Who broke the chains? You can answer. God, his angel. Like he sent his angel to break them, right? Because God, <laughs> we know this, is the chain breaker. When you surrender to Jesus, every chain is broken by his power, by his name, by his spirit. And it's our job to get up and drop the chains. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus quotes a prophecy about himself, and he says this He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You catch that? He wants to set people free. Jesus breaks chains. Our job is to get up, drop the chains, and follow him out of prison. I can't say that enough. Our job is to get up, drop the chains, follow him out of prison. Our job is to get up, drop the chains, follow him out of prison. We walk towards his promise, his plan, and his future. Too many of us are wearing our past on our sleeve. Too many of us aren't walking, but better yet aren't being pulled into our future. He's come to give it to us. He's come to give us life. He's come to fulfill a promise that he made because remember the work Of eschatology is that the promise will pull you in to the reality God is rerouting you he is keeping you where he wants you to go back to his original intent today we believe in the power and the authority of Jesus to break chains some of us need him some of us need him to say Lord I just need to I need a double I need a double check I know you already broke the chains but I need a double check can you break it again Guess what? He's the God of do it again. So if you haven't, if you're like, no, 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 Tim, I, I know I've given a life by Jesus, but I still feel chained. You know what? He'll do it again. He already did it, but he'll do it again. He'll break it again. If you're like, I'm, I, feel, I feel captive by this sin, he'll break it again. I feel captive by my past. And so he'll break it again. He'll set you free. He's come to give you life. He is the giver of life. We are the liver of life and he wants to pull us into who he made us to be. This is the message, this is honestly, even though I've given a silly illustration today, even though I've smelled a marker today, the message of my life, if there is such a one, is become everything that God has created you to be. Nothing less, nothing more. We want you to be you, we want you to be who God has called you to be. That is the message, that is what God's design is, that is his original intent for you. That he created you with a purpose and a plan and a hope and a future. And he says, listen, will you let me pull you into that? Quit holding on to things in your past. Quit holding on to things that you aren't. Quit holding on to that hurt that you had. Listen, he will heal you. He will free you. He will give you a hope and a future. It's his promise. So I want to pray for us. So let's just go to the, the Lord right now in prayer. Would you just bow your heads? Everybody bow your heads. Lord, we just, we just thank you. We ask your Holy Spirit to move right now. heads bowed just just we all have a past so I hope no one in here is thinking this message is really great for them whoever them is it's for you too because we all have a past and I want you to consider this question with your heads bowed eyes closed hear me right now what are you holding on to that's limiting what God wants to pull you into what are you holding on to that God that is limiting what God wants to pull you into it could be fear it could be anger it could be regret it could be insecurity So many of us fear stepping into the future because we're afraid of what we might lose. Fear is a big one. Insecurity is a big one. Regret is a big one. Protecting yourself from from something could be a big one. What are you holding on to? Unforgiveness, anger towards God or another person. You need to let it go. Drop the chain and follow him out of prison. Heavenly Father, we release freedom in this place. We declare that you are the chain breaker today. You break generational chains. You break chains of addiction. You break chains of regret, despair, unforgiveness, insecurity, fear. You break them all. Lord, I pray for the courage today. May we get up, drop the chains, and follow you out of prison. We pray this in Jesus' name today. And as as a step one, with your heads bowed again, I, I I want you to hear some things. I want to do three steps today to respond to this. But step one is just acknowledging it that you have something that you're just like, Lord, I need to be free of that. I need to be free of that. And if you're there and you're just like, I need to be free of that. I need to step into my future. There's something that's been limiting me. Would you just lift your hand right now? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand if you need to be free of something today. Come on. It's just a moment of courage. It's a moment of honesty, vulnerability. I know that most of us, if we're really honest, need to be free of something. I stand here up here as your pastor saying, I can raise my hand and say, Lord, I need to be set free of something in my life. And step two today is we're going we're to worship. And so, Father, I pray that as we enter into worship that, Lord, you would just speak clearly, boldly in the name of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us? Step two is worship because before our breakthrough is often this notion that we even sing about, that we got to praise before our breakthrough. And so today, if you're like, I do need freedom, I'm encouraging you right now to just praise him. And then in a moment, we're going to pray, and we're going to ask for freedom. But for a moment, can we just praise him? Let's just lift him up and believe that he is the chain breaker. Everybody say, God is the chain breaker. Let's worship him.